0: Hey, it's the Weather Channel podcast. I'm meteorologist Ari Sarsalari, and I'm hanging out with John Erdman. He's also a meteorologist here at the Weather Channel. In fact, he's a senior meteorologist. We both make a lot of snow forecasts, and we're starting to get toward that time of year where a lot of people are going to be seeing their first snow forecasts. And we both understand that there's a little bit of a disconnect sometimes between you know when a meteorologist makes a forecast and delivers it and then the way that you know John Q. Public at home is getting that information. John, first of all, it's been a while. How are you doing up there in Wisconsin? I'm down in Atlanta, by the way.
1: Yeah, we've had plenty of snow already this year, so we're 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 definitely immersed in all this stuff already.
0: Yeah, I've seen that. You guys have had plenty of storms so far, and it looks like the pattern might be kind of favorable for you guys to get a few more in the next couple of weeks. So, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. I remember a couple of A couple of years ago, we had this uh, snowstorm in Atlanta, or at least it was a couple inches of snow that caused a really big problem. Remember snowpocalypse, all that? So my girlfriend's a firefighter, and she still refers back to this day. She said, we didn't think it was going to snow at all. You guys said it wasn't going to be a big deal. And then, you know, we had to get uh, the chains out on the tires and all that kind of stuff, and we couldn't drive the trucks and all this. And that, I think, is one of the greatest examples that I've seen, at least in my personal life, of, man, huge disconnect. There was a forecast. uh, The forecast really wasn't off too much, but the public perceived it in a different way, and they were upset at the meteorologists. What is the biggest disconnect between the way that we give a forecast and the way that the public interprets it?
1: (laughs) Well, I hear you there. I mean, uh, boy, some of the biggest forecast busts uh, meteorologists can make, and the ones that are most memorable, are snow forecasts. Um, You know, either it happened and it wasn't forecast or it was forecast and it didn't happen. Um, so I think kind of the disconnect of this is that, um, you know, and, there's, and we can go down this road, certainly, there's several things, you know, the uncertainty in the forecast uh, several days out, uh, and that the forecast can change all the way up until the time where it starts to snow. Um, I think those are the things that, uh, frankly, we as meteorologists need to do a better job of educating um, the public on, you know, we, we just, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing. Forecasting snow is, uh, there's a lot of subtleties involved. And so, you know, it's, it's just a case of, um, you know, one forecast can be put out, you know, several days out and then all of a sudden things can change. And, uh, we just need to do a better job of communicating that.
0: You know, one of the biggest things that I noticed that is a real, real pain when making these forecasts is especially these storms that hit the Northeast, when they're coming up the Northeast coast and you have this thin <laughs> band where there's going to be really heavy snow and it's either going to be right over New York City or it's going to be a little bit farther toward the Northwest by like 40 miles. And it's going to mean a difference of either a foot of snow for New York City or a chilly rain for New York City. And sometimes you don't even know the details of that and how that's going to pan out until a couple hours before it happens. Let's talk about that a little bit. The idea that snow can be really variable over very short distances.
1: <laughs> yeah, geez, you know, it's only a forecast for what? 50, 60 million people. I mean, what could what possible pressure could there be on a <laughs> forecast like that? Um, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, we've had a couple really good examples of that, Ari, over the past couple of years, uh, one of which happened um, in November of 2018. It was the really the first major snow of the season in New York City. Uh, it was a storm called Winter Storm Avery by the Weather Channel. And uh, what happened there is we were expecting uh, precipitation to change over to rain fairly quickly in the New York City metro area. The problem was it didn't do that very quickly. In fact, there there was some heavy snow that started out in the onset of it, and it occurred right during a rush hour. So it led to a, just a traffic mess in uh, parts of northern New Jersey and the New York City metro area. And of course, understandably, you know, if I was, if I was, if I take off my met hat, meteorologist hat, for a minute, and say, "My gosh, this this forecast was terrible!" Come on, you said it was going to change to rain, and I got stuck in traffic for hours. Totally get that. That's one example of how difficult a forecast can be. And if it if the precip doesn't change over right away to rain, all of a sudden you have you have snow-covered roads and a mess of a rush hour. Um, there was another example. Uh, one that really stands out in um, in March of 2017, there was a winter storm called Stella by the Weather Channel, and it was widely considered to be a forecast bus in the New York City metro area because the heavy snow um, in the New York City metro area, you know, wasn't quite lined up with where it was forecast. Uh, it occurred just you know tens of miles uh, further away, so. <laughs> You know, the, these are the type of challenges that meteorologists face with uh, with snowstorms, not just in the Northeast, but also in other parts of the country. It's just this very thin area of heavy snow that if it occurs maybe 10 or 20 miles further north or south, uh, it's perceived to be a bust where it was forecast to be.
0: Here's another thing that I think uh, people don't understand very well, and I'm, I'm not trying to you know, belittle people who are watching. You know, I'm I'm trying to level with people and try to find some common ground here so that we can actually get people the correct information. That's really what we care about because we're supposed to be purveyors of information. You know, the idea that the first forecast for snow that we give out is not necessarily going to be the final word on the storm. So you've got to check back for updates. I think very often, you know, there's going to be a snowstorm on Friday. Somebody sees the forecast for that on Tuesday. They say, oh, we're going to get a foot of snow they've seen it, maybe they get busy later in the week, and then the forecast is completely changed or significantly changed. You know, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, this is a very good point, a very important point. In a perfect ideal world, meteorologists would make a forecast, say, four or five days out for a snowstorm, and it would be exactly right, and we wouldn't have to change the forecast, and we'd give people plenty of time to prepare for that, and everything would be good, the forecast would verify. Uh, that world doesn't exist, uh, to be honest. Uh, you know... I'll give you an example, you know, five days out, let's say you're checking your weather app or you listen you listen to a forecast on radio and TV and you say five days out, there's a snowflake icon on your forecast. Um, basically, that's about all we can tell you that far out about a storm, because it depends on the it depends on the exact track of low pressure. It depends on, you know, where the um, where the heaviest precipitation sets up. It depends on the jet stream. It depends on a lot of factors that can change uh, from five days out all the way up to the time it starts to snow. So as a result, what happens, Ari, and, you know, we we live this, uh, is that these, as new forecast information comes in, the forecast may change subtly, but they may be important changes. For instance, uh, in your location, Uh, You know, say three or four days out, it may look like you're you're right in the prime location for heavy snow. And then all of a sudden, as we get closer to the event, the some model forecast bring the track of low pressure uh, a little bit further south or a little bit further north. And that moves the area of heavy snow further south or further north so your forecast can change. So, yeah, this it's it's a very important point that uh, you may hear a forecast a few days out, but that's not the final word. And you need to check back with, uh, say, the Weather Channel or the National Weather Service or your local media for changes in the forecast all the way up to the time it starts to snow because there can be rather significant changes to a forecast.
0: You know, one thing that's always uh, kind of bothered me a little bit about the way that we forecast snow is we're so black and white about it. You know, it's kind of like... You know, we decide maybe sometimes two days out okay we're gonna start throwing numbers out all right here is your forecast for chicago it is six to 12 inches of snow or whatever it is where whereas behind the scenes and and you know this john because we use this all the time in some of our internal meetings where we're giving um you know weather forecasts where we're looking at some of these uh, weather service products that are not really used externally that much A great example is the uh, probability of freezing rain. They've got some great products that will say, you know, several days out, hey, there's a certain percentage probability that you'll see over a tenth of an inch of freezing rain or over a quarter inch. And you can kind of move those around a little bit. I'm so curious, like, why do we not do that with snow and ice forecasts? Because we do it with rain all the time. We'll say, hey, 60% chance of rain on Wednesday. Why don't we say for Wednesday in Chicago, hey, there's a, 40% 40% chance that we could see 6 to 12 inches of snow, and there is a 80% chance that we could see 1 to 3 inches of snow.
1: Well, I think that's where we're headed with this ultimately. So, you know, if we if we just step back for a minute and think in terms of rain or thunderstorms, you know, it's really common to see a forecast of 40% chance of rain today or uh, 60% chance of thunderstorms in the afternoon. We're used to that with rain and thunderstorms. However, for some reason, for you know, we've been we've been using intervals of snow forever and ever, uh, but now um, you know, but now that's going to change. So I think in the future, and the National Weather Service is, is pushing this rather aggressively. Is we're headed toward probabilistic forecasts, uh, like like you said. So maybe to maybe in the future, uh, in the very near future, you may see a forecast of there's 90% chance of at least an inch of snow. So the type of snow that you would at least have to have to get out and shovel. Or, um, you know, if it's heavier, you'd have to actually use a snowblower. Uh, But there's also a 30% chance you could see over six inches of snow. And that just reflects the reality of the uncertainty of winter storm forecasts. Because, you know, it's giving these really tight deterministic intervals of four to six inches doesn't really tell you all of the uncertainty involved. That there could be a boom or bust potential of maybe you only get an inch of snow. Or maybe if you get these small scale heavy snow bands with thunder and lightning that stall over your area, you could get over a foot of snow. So the reality is is there's a probabilistic spectrum of how much snow may fall in any particular event. Sometimes there's less uncertainty, the spectrum is narrower. Sometimes there's greater uncertainty, like the cases that we uh, discussed earlier with northeast snowstorms, that we need to start applying probabilities to this. So I think in the future, you're going to instead of seeing four to six inches of snow as expected today, you're going to start seeing there's a 90% chance of an inch. Uh, but there is a small chance of over six inches of snow. That, I think that's where we're headed.
0: Now, I think there's about a 70 to 80% chance that that could become a little bit more confusing in some cases for the public, right? Because You know, you talk to 20 different meteorologists when you ask them, what does the probability of precipitation mean? Um, You know, that percentage number, what does it mean? You're going to get 20 different answers, and you'll get a lot more different answers in the public as well. Do you think there's a chance that that could end up too confusing or no?
1: Yeah, that's always a risk, Ari. You know, you can get information overload. You know, there's, there's a nice kind of tidy succinctness to three to five inches of snow today. You know, that's very tight. That's very to the point. Um, as opposed to ninety percent chance of an inch, and thirty percent chance of over six inches, and ten percent chance over twelve inches, you know that I can see I can see somebody reading that probabilistic forecast and going, "Well, what am I, what am I supposed to make of this? What um, am I supposed to do? You know? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to plan?" Um, but uh, I've been to a couple of uh, local National Weather Service talks here in southeast Wisconsin recently where uh, you know, some emergency managers are already starting to think in those terms, you know, city, uh, those, in, 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 uh, those in charge of, say, city snow plows, uh, county, you know, county snow removal, so on and so forth. They're already starting to use that probabilistic information, so I, I think it may take some time to get used to that, um, but I think the benefit is that we we get an understanding, a, a more complete understanding of the uncertainties in a given snow forecast, that there is boom and bust potential more often than we think with these winter storms.
0: Okay, I want to talk about something that a lot of people see on social media. You see a lot of, I guess what you want to call them is sometimes wannabe meteorologists or um – you know, fake meteorologists, so- social meteorologists is kind of the term that it's become where you get all these snowfall maps that go all <laughs> over the place and they can be weeks in advance and people start flipping out. I don't want to make this into a battle between I'm a real degreed meteorologist versus I'm somebody who's probably a pretty nice guy that's just like a weather geek and wants to provide some information. That's so 2013. I'm not getting into that one right now. But I want to just talk to you a little bit about what what really makes a distinction between a trained meteorologist looking at this data and a non-trained person. Because this a lot of this model data is available to just about everybody. And really, at the end of the day, yes, we use ensembles and everything. I'm going to ask you to talk about that. But, you know, on a day-to-day basis, what you're doing is you're looking at a bunch of different forecast models. Uh, You're looking at how they change. Why can't regular people just do that too? Like, where's the expertise that we have?
1: Let me just use a... uh an analogy here so um i have trouble fixing things um you know i'm not handy around the house uh, i can't neither. fix things i can't fix things in my car when it breaks so if my car suddenly doesn't work and i'm on the side of the road i could pop the hood i could take a look at the hood and i'd say okay there's the battery uh there's the engine uh there's the dipstick okay i think there's oil in it yes there's oil in it but i'm not a mechanic there's no way i could possibly just pop the hood take a look and say, "Ah, yeah, you know, that's the problem. Uh, So another example is I'm not a a medical doctor. I couldn't walk into a clinic or a hospital, pull someone's x-ray, take a look at it and say, yep, they tore ligaments. I don't know what I'm doing there. I'm not a doctor, you know. So similarly, um, you know, there's a lot of beautiful model graphics out there, as you said, um, that are pretty compelling. You know, when you look at a model graphic saying, you know, 10 inches plus of snow, Um, you know, 10 days out, uh, it's compelling stuff. But trained meteorologists understand the limitations of forecasts, including model forecasts, and they understand the biases of individual forecast models enough, and they know uh, how to assimilate all this different model information from numerous models and are able to communicate the uncertainties in the forecast in addition to what they're more certain of. So when you look at one particular model at one particular time, especially if it's beyond three, four days out of snowfall, that's, that's a lot like me looking at an X-ray and trying to figure out what, that's, what is actually gonna happen here. So, um, you know, so professional meteorologists are trained in this type of thing. They have the experience and understand where the models are good and where the models struggle and they assimilate all that information into a forecast. One model graphic is not a forecast.
0: I love your uh, comparison to the whole car trouble thing. Um, Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, We've covered a lot of things about what you should know about your snow forecast. Let's just kind of like sum everything up. What do you think are the biggest things that the public needs to know about interpreting a snow forecast? At least let me, I'll answer it first. I think the biggest thing is that you need to keep checking in. Um, this one's going to save the most people from getting a wrong forecast because really, usually by right before the storm, we're doing a pretty good job at that point. You know, a couple days out, it could be a little bit shaky. But if you expected a foot of snow three days ago and the storm shifts pretty significantly and you don't check in the day before where we know what's going to happen and it's going to be only like three inches of snow and a little rain mixing in, you know, it's a big difference there. What do you think is the biggest one?
1: Yeah, that's important. Check back with your forecast frequently. Uh, I'd also say that, um, you know, make sure you have a reliable, dependable source of weather information. You know, know who is putting out forecasts of an impending snowstorm. Is it the National Weather Service? Is it the Weather Channel? Is it a local TV or radio meteorologist, a a trusted private sector meteorologist? That's one thing. If it is uh, a family member just posting something on Facebook of a model forecast... Well, you should probably take it with a grain of salt. And also dig into the details of a forecast a little bit. Uh, you know, for instance, here at the Weather Channel, we'll do videos and articles on an impending, you know, bigger snowstorm for a given area. And we'll try and uh, put some context into that forecast. It's not just about how much snow. It's uh, when does the snow fall? Will it occur on a rush hour? Will it occur on a weekend? Uh, when will it be the heaviest? Will temperatures be warm enough to melt the snow after it ends? Or will, or will it be too cold enough for road salt to work so you could have icy roads after it? Will winds be an issue with the winter storm? There's much more to a forecast than just how much snow is going to fall. And so, you know, keeping those, keeping these things in mind, I think will help uh, the next time a snowstorm affects your area.
0: Uh, John, it's been really fantastic talking Do you. Have anything else you want to hit before we get out of here?
1: Uh, no, I think that's it. Again, uh, you know, Just be informed uh, as any wintry threats uh, head toward your area this winter.
0: All right. Good stuff. Thank you, everybody, who has hung out with us listening to this exciting podcast about snow forecasts. Um, We'll check in with you next time. All right. Have a good day.